This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Genesis chapter 37 through Genesis chapter 38. Joseph's Dreams But Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, in the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, his 17-year-old son, was taking care of the flocks with his brothers. Now he was a youngster, working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons, because he was a son born to him late in life, and he made a special tunic for him. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, They hated Joseph and were not able to speak to him kindly. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the middle of the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright, and your sheaf surrounded my sheaf and bowed down to it. Then his brothers asked him, Do you really think you will rule over us or have dominion over us? They hated him even more because of his dream and because of what he said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him saying, what is this dream that you had? Will I, your mother and your brothers really come and bow down to you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept in mind what Joseph said. When his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, Your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I will send you to them. I'm ready, Joseph replied. So Jacob said to him, Go now and check on the welfare of your brothers and of the flocks and bring me word. So Jacob sent him from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph reached Shechem, a man found him wandering in the field. So the man asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are grazing their flocks. The man said, they left this area, for I heard them say, let's go down to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Now Joseph's brothers saw him from a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this master of dreams. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of the cisterns and then say that a wild animal ate him. Then we'll see how his dreams turn out. When Reuben heard this, he rescued Joseph from their hands, saying, let's not take his life. Reuben continued, don't shed blood. Throw him into the cistern that is here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this so he could rescue Joseph from them and take him back to his father. 
When Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the special tunic that he wore. Then they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. When they sat down to eat their food, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying spices, balm, and myrrh down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites, but let's not lay a hand on him. For after all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants passed by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. The Ishmaelites then took Joseph to Egypt. Later, Reuben returned to the cistern to find that Joseph was not in it. He tore his clothes, returned to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. And I, where can I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a young goat, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they brought the special tunic to their father and said, We found this. Determine now whether it is your son's tunic or not. He recognized it and exclaimed, It is my son's tunic. A wild animal has eaten him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters stood by him to console him, but he refused to be consoled. No, he said, I will go to the grave mourning my son. So Joseph's father wept for him. Now in Egypt, the Midianites sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Genesis chapter 38, Judah and Tamar. At that time, Judah left his brothers and stayed with a Dulamite man named Hira. There, Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. Judah acquired her as a wife and slept with her. She became pregnant and had a son. Judah named him Ur. She became pregnant again and had another son, whom she named Onan. She had yet another son, whom she named Shelah. She gave birth to him in Kezib. Judah acquired a wife for Ur, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord killed him. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her, so that you may raise up a descendant for your brother. But Onan knew that the child would not be considered his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he wasted his emission on the ground so as not to give his brother a descendant. What he did was evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord killed him too. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, Live as a widow in your father's house until Shelah my son grows up. For he thought, I don't want him to die like his brothers. So Tamar went and lived in her father's house. After some time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. After Judah was consoled, he left Timnah to visit his sheep shearers along with his friend Hira, the Adulamite. Tamar was told, look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she removed her widow's clothes and covered herself with a veil. She wrapped herself and sat at the entrance of Anim, which is on the way to Timnah. She did this because she saw that she had not been given to Shelah as a wife, even though he had now grown up. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute because she had covered her face. He turned aside to her along the road and said, Come, please, I want to sleep with you. He did not realize it was his daughter-in-law. She asked, What will you give me so that you may sleep with me? He replied, I'll send you a young goat from the flock. She asked, Will you give me a pledge until you send it? He said, What pledge should I give you? She replied, Your seal, your cord, and the staff that's in your hand. So he gave them to her, then slept with her, and she became pregnant by him. She left immediately, removed her veil, and put on her widow's clothes. Then Judah had his friend Hera, the Adulamite, take a young goat to get back from the woman the items he had given in pledge, but Hera could not find her. The men who were there, where is the cult prostitute who was at Anim by the road? But they replied, 
there has been no cult prostitute here. So he returned to Judah and said, I couldn't find her. Moreover, the men of the place said, there has been no cult prostitute here. Judah said, let her keep the things for herself. Otherwise, we will appear to be dishonest. I did indeed send this young goat, but you couldn't find her. After three months, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law Tamar has turned to prostitution. And as a result, she has become pregnant. Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. While they were bringing her out, she sent word to her father-in-law, I am pregnant by the man to whom these belong. Then she said, identify the one to whom the seal, court, and staff belong. Judah recognized him and said, she is more upright than I am because I wouldn't give her to Shelah, my son. He was not physically intimate with her again. When it was time for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. While she was giving birth, one child put out his hand and the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his hand saying, this one came out first. But then he drew back his hand and his brother came out before him. She said, how you have broken out of the womb. So he was named Perez. Afterward, his brother came out, the one who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was Zerah. First Chronicles chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Judah's descendants. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, Shelah. These three were born to him by Bathsheba, a Canaanite woman. Ur, Judah's firstborn, displeased the Lord, so the Lord killed him. Tamar, Judah's daughter-in-law, bore to him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons in all, the sons of Perez, Hezron, and Hamul, the sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Haman, Kalkol, Dara, five in all, the son of Carmi, Achan, who brought the disaster on Israel when he stole what was devoted to God, the son of Ethan, Azariah. New Testament Reading Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. The Ministry of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist came into the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. For he is the one about whom the prophet Isaiah had spoken. The voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore clothing made from camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. The people from Jerusalem, as well as all Judea and all the region around the Jordan, were going out to him, and he was baptizing them in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit that proves your repentance, and don't think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Now even the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down, thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one coming after me is more powerful than I am. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clean out his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the storehouse, but the chaff he will burn up with inextinguishable fire. Luke chapter three, verses one through 18. The Ministry of John the Baptist. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Uteria, and Trachontis and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. 
he went into all the region around the Jordan River, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low and the crooked will be made straight and the rough ways will be made smooth and all humanity will see the salvation of God. So John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, produce fruit that proves your repentance, and don't begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So the crowds were asking him, What then should we do? John answered them, the person who has two tunics must share with the person who has none, and the person who has food must do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, Collect no more than you are required to. Then some soldiers also asked him, And as for us, what should we do? He told them, Take money from no one by violence or by false accusation and be content with your pay. While the people were filled with anticipation, they all wondered whether perhaps John could be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I am is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clean out his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his storehouse, but the chaff will be burned up with inextinguishable fire." And in this way, with many other exhortations, John proclaimed good news to the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Father God, I thank you. Thank you so much for the testimony of scripture, O Lord God, that in it, O God, we can see ourselves, O Lord God, through many of the historical figures, O Lord God, who did many things, O Lord God, that were not pleasing in your sight, O Lord God. But yet and still, oh God, you use them, oh Lord God, and that you, oh Lord God, were able to redeem, oh God, many of their failures, oh God, in the same ways, oh God, that you redeem our own failures, oh Lord God. Would you help us, oh God, to be people of our word, oh God, to do exactly what we say we will do, oh Lord God. Help us, oh God, not to swear to our own hurt, oh God. Help our yeses to be yeses and our noes be no, oh Lord God. Would you help us, oh Lord, to have a heart, oh Lord God, to care, oh God, for the poor. Poor, oh Lord God, to care for those who have less than us, oh God, to truly give up the tunics that we have and to give up the food that we have for those who do not have it, oh God. Would you help us, oh Lord God, to live out, oh God, your gospel in those very real and tangible ways, oh Lord God. And may you get the glory from our lives, oh Lord God, and the ways that we live among your people, oh Lord God, and in this world, oh God. We trust, oh Lord, that it's your Holy Spirit that is working in us to will and to do according to your good pleasure, oh Lord God. Have your way, be glorified, help us to walk in victory today, oh God. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Continue your journey to get in God's Word with Bible study resources from InterVarsity Press. Visit ivypress.com and find hundreds of great options and use the code THEWORD to get 30% off and free U.S. shipping on any title. That's ivpress.com and the code THEWORD to discover all the great Bible study tools available at IVP.